Welcome to Actual Advisor Value, the behind the scenes look at how fiduciary financial advisors enrich baby boomers' lives. I'm Taylor DeMars, a third generation financial advisor and certified financial planner, making a positive impact on hundreds of retirees. Join me to hear short, specific stories of how I address the issues baby boomers like you face and consider could this help me or someone I know? Given that this podcast is centralized around the value an advisor provides, I would feel amiss if I didn't refer to the cost of an advisor. In the words of one of the greatest investors of our time, Warren Buffett, he says, price is what you pay and value is what you get. I feel that it would be useful to highlight a bit of the different fee structures and ways that one pays for an advisor's services and relate that back to a story or two that I encountered just in the past week. And there's a variety of ways that one could pay for an advisor. There could be a fixed fee, a one-time fee, for example, that you pay a a one-time amount for their second opinion or services. There could be the flat fee on an annual basis or perhaps structured as a retainer fee charged perhaps quarterly throughout the year. There are commission-based advisors who make money based on the products that they sell or recommend. It could include things such as mutual funds, insurance products, annuities, etc. There are fee-based advisors that charge their fee based on a percentage of the assets they manage on your behalf, or a fee based on the percentage of the client's net worth or their income. And I'm sure there's other models out there in between. But when it comes to working with a fiduciary financial advisor, you want to seek out one that you are paying and they're not getting paid based on something they sell you. I think that's important to highlight because you want the advisor to be working in your best interest, and that's essentially the meaning of fiduciary, and that's how we work as well. Our fee is structured based on a percentage of the assets we manage on behalf of clients, which is very common in the industry, and I'm not going to go into the specifics of the pros or cons of our fee model versus others. That's probably a podcast for another day, but I do want to highlight that That fee alone is what's most often referenced when it comes to working with an advisor, but it's not the total cost. It's just not. And I don't think that gets talked about often enough. That's something I get to highlight to clients and provide them value around. I had a client came in last week and he was unhappy with his investment performance in the recent past. And he started to also scrutinize our fees that we charge. And it's certainly a a topic for another day to talk about investment performance and not something that we can talk about too much due to compliance in our industry. But I'll summarize that it helped him to understand the context of his investments and the market conditions and the economy and put that in perspective of how his investments were performing and why. And he was satisfied with that answer. But to focus more on the fees that he was scrutinizing us on, he was comparing us to another local advisor in town and saying, hey, this guy, I've already met with him, and he said he'll charge a lower fee. And I'll tell you now that I hate to break it to you, but there's always going to be somebody who's willing to raise their hand and lower their fee. And as I tell clients, we're not the most expensive option, but to be honest, you don't want the cheapest. Again, going back to the old adage, you generally get what you pay for. So going back to his criticism on our fee, the other advisor was claiming to price match or lower their the fee that one would pay to the advisor. 
but it was helpful for me to highlight to that client, okay, let's look under the hood a little bit on the investments we manage for you, as opposed to the ones that other advisor would suggest putting you into. We make it a point to try and minimize all the costs for our client. Of course, we charge our fee and we don't vary in that. But if we can find any way to lower the costs that get passed on to the client, we'll do so. In the years past, we used to outsource our investment management, and that just added another layer of costs that were then just passed directly onto the client. It wasn't necessarily going to always outperform for our clients, so we made adjustments to bring in talent and expertise to do that in-house, absorb those costs for the client. We also no longer offer mutual funds, but instead offer investments by way of individual stocks, which are free to buy and sell, and ETFs, exchange-traded funds. And we'll highlight on those type of investments on another day. But in short, ETFs are very similar to mutual funds in the way that they offer diversification, but at a much lower cost and don't have loads and much lower expense ratios. Now, what's an expense ratio? That's the crux of what I wanted to highlight with this client and I think is important for all investors to know is that no one works for free. You may think that, say, even your 401k is completely free to put in money and have it invested, but that's actually not the case. And there's what's called an expense ratio embedded within that fund, usually a mutual fund. And an expense ratio is generally described as a percentage of the money that's within the fund. Sometimes it's referred to as basis points. A 1% expense ratio, for example, charges $1 for every $100 inside of the fund. Okay, And that would also be referred to as 100 basis points in financial lingo. Not that you need to know that. But that's the embedded underlying cost that's really stacked on top of anyone's investments. We try and find a way to balance the advantages of diversification that come with an ETF along with the lowest cost nature of an ETF. This other advisor competing down the road that this client was suggesting, he used mutual funds. I know that for a fact. And mutual funds have a range. Not all of them are extremely high cost, but I found it interesting that the client himself later confessed in the conversation that the other advisor himself confessed that our services would most likely be less expensive than his, the gentleman down the road. And and I actually had that confirmed in just even the, the past week because I was bringing in a new client. He brought over some funds to us also from the same company. I won't say who and I found it interesting before we sold off all of his assets just to run an analysis on his investments to see what his all-in costs were. And I found it interesting that his expense ratios were cut by over half just by working with us instead in the new investment model we were going to place him in. Now, I have to disclaim that this isn't the case for everyone, right? Costs are different for every portfolio and every scenario, and I can't guarantee that just by working with us or by working with a competent financial advisor, that one would see their costs cut in half or more. But fortunately, that was the case for this client and was an instant savings because in the end, it's not about what you make, it's about what you keep. And fees and costs, expenses are part of what drained those costs, right? So yes, we do charge a fee on the assets we manage, but I find that clients continually overlook or forget the fact that there are underlying costs. And we're proud of that to highlight because we do feel like we're doing a good job to minimize those on behalf of the client. 
And on the note of expense ratios, they're not just applicable to mutual funds or exchange-traded funds, but they're also found embedded within variable annuities as well as REITs, which are real estate investment trusts. That's a topic for another day. As well as unit investment trusts and hedge funds. I'm probably getting too far in the weeds here as far as other areas that most everyday people like you and me won't get too intimate with. Suffice it to say that, again, no one works for free. Check your costs. Be familiar with what the expense ratios are and not just the wrap fees when working with an advisor. I'll include a resource in the show notes uh, of this podcast for if you're interested to explore more. There's a resource on investor.gov that's helpful for what one should consider, especially including fees when evaluating whether to work with an advisor. And I understand it can be very daunting to meet with who might be a complete stranger and commit potentially to working with this person and trusting their decisions. I would encourage you to try and find someone who's willing to pull back the curtain as much as possible when highlighting their services, fees, products, etc. And there are many advisors that will do an initial review and recommendation analysis of your situation at no cost, just to lower that barrier for you to get that insight into what working with them will actually look like. I'm interested to know if you have questions about the costs, fees, expenses, etc. that go into working with a fiduciary financial advisor. You could reach me at taylor at demarsfinancial.com. I'll include that in the show notes as well. Interested to know any other questions or comments you may have. Past performance is no guarantee of future results, and the experiences shared in this podcast may not be representative of all clients, as each individual's situation is unique. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be relied upon for making financial, legal, tax, or investment decisions.